welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Hi there, Avery here. As I reflect over the last year, one of the things that I am most grateful for is you, our listeners. Jamie and Lucy and I have loved getting to work together to bring you a new episode every Thursday, and we are so excited to continue this podcast in 2022. We've also been thinking about how we could expand this project, and we would love to hear from you. Are there topics that you would like to hear more about? Would you be more interested in additional offerings like virtual or in-person workshops? Is there a group that you're a part of that you'd like to have us to come and speak to? Please reach out to us and let us know. You can reach us through our website, inspirationfromthecouch.com, or you can join our Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, or find us on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to hear from you. Welcome. So today we're going to talk about the practice of New Year's resolutions. And I don't know that it's that surprising. We have some feelings about resolutions. And probably I'd prefer this podcast to be called like non-resolutions or maybe like New Year's the anti-resolution. <laughs> yes, the anti-resolution. <laughs> so we'll start off by just kind of talking about like there, I've done just a little bit of research on New Year's resolutions, and it seems like they date way back, like thousands of years. Like Babylonians set these New Year's resolutions. They would promise to the gods at the beginning of their year, and this is not going to surprise you at all, about things like getting out of debt. So the same resolutions we set right now, I bet if we went and asked the Babylonians, they'd probably be trying to get back to the gym and like start a new eating plan too. They're, they go back way for a very long time, and I think it's no real surprise. They don't usually last. They don't usually work. And so I, I'm obviously having some feelings about resolutions. How do you guys feel about just like the concept of New Year's resolutions? I hate them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so I'll so just be really, neutral approach, yeah. right? <laughs> I'll just be really blunt. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of yeah. New Year's resolutions because I agree with you. I don't really ever see them pan out mm-hmm. and I don't know how truly connected people are to those resolutions yeah. when they make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. It just struck me. Like who stands to gain by New Year's resolutions? And I was just thinking like, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. businesses, not people, maybe people, but businesses that stand to gain by people having New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah. Gyms, oh, yeah. weight loss products, right? That, that that's what happens. So those seem to be big resolutions, right? Something about body size. Mm -hmm. So whether it's weight loss, whether it's an eating plan, whether it's a gym membership, I think certainly there's some things about financial pieces. Wait, and I have to laugh because I do feel like that people get like sneaky and sometimes they don't look like, oh, I'm not going to do the weight loss thing. It's all about my health. So you like couch it. Like there's this tendency to couch it Uh under like health and wellness, but it doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what about what any other resolutions? Have you guys ever made a New Year's resolution? No, not really. Jamie's no. like shaking her head and kind of like, a, mm. I think I probably did years ago. I don't think yeah. I have in the recent in the past. Recent. What about like patients or friends? Do you feel like that's a topic of conversation? Do you guys talk about New Year's resolutions or sometimes if they'll, if they bring it up and it's usually in those categories mm-hmm. that you, that you mention body size and. That's the, that's probably one the of the, biggest, the one. biggest ones. And like you were saying, Lucy, under the guise of health. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious 
if I don't know if you stumble on any data, like who's most likely to make resolutions, right? Because I do think about it. Like, I don't think my family or my friends yep. talk so much. I don't know if we're just not talking about it and they're making it, but I think my kids maybe would have, I'm trying to think maybe last year there was chatter about that. Like, yep. is it younger people who tend to do this? It's, it is younger people. And this is not surprising. Less than 25% of people stay with resolutions for a month. And I think it's less than like 7% actually follow through beyond like February. I'd be and, real curious who follows through and like what they follow through yeah, that's with. Right. Are that's there right. Certain- and like, how are they even judging this? Like, how are uh-huh. they gathering this data? I don't really know. It doesn't really like seem like something that they're like doing a whole like really well crafted study on. Uh-huh. So I don't really know. I also think it's interesting. I kind of started thinking about like resolutions seem to center on like we said, like health or wellness, body size, whatever you want to call it, and finances. And I was kind of thinking, well, like, no wonder. Like, we usually, like, we New Year's resolutions obviously comes at the beginning of the year. And we just had this season of, like, spending, maybe mm-hmm. overspending, and indulgence, right? Like, we've gotten off our schedule. We've gotten off our structure. We've had more parties. We've had more gatherings. So, like, even if you're normally eating kind of in a way that you feel okay with, like, yeah. you've just had this month that you've had, like, Thanksgiving, Christmas. There's, there's a lot of, like rebound, I feel like. So it's like a backlash? I feel like a backlash. Uh Yeah, like, ooh, that was bad. Let me go way on the other direction. The pendulum swings way to the other side. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like a desire to control something. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we kind of talked about, like, why New Year's resolutions fail so often. I mean, I think there's one idea, like, I think y'all kind of touched on, is that they're not really authentic to people, that people kind of say them, like, oh, I'm going to resolve to lose weight. But really, that's not something they really want to do. It may feel more like a should. What else do you guys see like as reasons that these fail or maybe even reasons you don't make them because you feel like they're going to fail? And I'm laughing. too. I'm so distractible today. I think like I'm just going to keep winding. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I've had this memory of we used to go to the YMCA before we did like that home, whatever stuff, the pandemic. But yeah. In January, it would get so annoying because all of a sudden the gym would be like flooded and you'd have to be like, just wait like two or three weeks, give it two or three weeks till everyone like stops. But there's like this flood that happens. (laughs) Yeah, there there seems to be sort of like those intentions at the beginning. I mean, it cracks me up because not even having to do with New Year's resolutions. But when I travel on a cruise, if I go to the gym, the first two days packed. If you go to the gym on sixth or seventh day, (laughs) nobody's in there. No one's in there. We got these intentions, you know, but I mean, even on a much smaller scale, not even a year long, I'll I'll just observe that. So it, it kind of makes me chuckle. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. There's that like January, like mm-hmm. we're all going to do this. And yeah. then by February, it's like, eh, maybe not. Maybe we're going to get back to why things were. Yeah. And I think back to your question. I mean, I think one of the, the things is that when people make New Year's resolutions, there's not necessarily kind of this long-term plan in place at all with it. It's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to work on this, but as far as steps to do it with like short-term and intermediate and long-term, you know, to totally. plan goals to get there, um I just don't I don't see that very 100%. 100%. So I think some one reason they fail is that they're not really authentic. Another is that's kind of a too long of a time frame. It's yeah. like, it's really easy to start with January, but I think you've hit the nail on the head there, which is that it's kind of these theoretical goals without like a plan. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't actually think that there's anything wrong with goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and that's something I'm thinking even our discussions, like of being a power of having these specific goals of like, I would like to do this, but those feel small, specific, reachable, like on a daily basis versus this like lofty one year 
to like procrastinate and do whatever I need to do. I've never heard anybody come in with a New Year's resolution and they use like the smart goal setting system, (laughs) right? That it's specific and measurable and attainable and relevant to them and time bound. That's right. Like, I don't, I don't hear that. Yeah. When it yeah. comes to New Year's resolutions, I think I do like a microcosm of this New Year's re- resolution thing all year long, right? From yeah. the standpoint of I have good ideas and good intentions, right? Even something like my meditation practice, which I try to do, but it's inconsistent, right? Yeah. There's sometimes I get on a roll and then you get like off the roll. And so it's, it's interesting, even if I had smart goals around it, I think there's so many things I could create goals around and have intentions around and you just can't do it all. That's mm-hmm. right. Right. If I think of like wellness habits or self-care habits, like we could probably list 632. And even if you think of like getting in a good habitual practice that becomes a habit and it's automatic, like you can't do 632 different things every day. That's right. So it's kind of tricky. It's tricky. And one of the articles I was reading, they were talking about, you know, sometimes we set goals and and they feel authentic to us, but then we realize that they're like at odds with each other. So it's like, I want to get a promotion and I want to spend more time with my family. Well, obviously, like you're going to have to choose one of those two. You're going to either prioritize work, fine, or prioritize, but you're not going to be able to do both. And I think to your point, when we have 632 of those 630 are going to be at odds with each other that you could do kind of one or the other. Yeah, but I want to get more sleep and I want to get up early <laughs> right, and right. meditate. <laughs> right. Like, ah, it's mm-hmm. like, right. Exactly. When they get big and expansive, they can really, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you can't do both. So the timeline kind of feels too big. The goals kind of feel too general theoretical. We kind of talked about also like the timing of like, maybe we have this rebound effect. Anything else that you guys think of that kind of get in the way that are that you don't love about resolutions? I think sometimes they can be very extreme yeah. too, like something that's actually yeah. not sustainable that's over right. the long term. That's right. Like our expectations are too high. Our hopes are too high. That's right. That's right. So I kind of started playing with this idea of rather than like a New Year's resolution, kind of this idea maybe of like a New Year's like reflection. Because I'm all for like reflecting on whether it's a year or a month or even a day and kind of thinking, huh, like what's working for me? What do I like about that? I mean, kind of having that insight, that intuition, kind of being able to kind of tap into that. But the idea of like having to set these resolutions, that feels pretty like binding and, and rigid. There's rigid. something yeah. rigid about yeah, right. it. Exactly. Exactly. Because I do like this idea of kind of like a, a fresh start, like this new beginning that you can kind of think about like asking yourself questions about your current state and wondering where you might want to go and where you were. And I think that those can be really great questions about even similar things that we've talked about, like health or finances or whatever else. So how do we kind of invite that in? Like, what do you guys think about, like, as we're reflecting, if we want to set goals, what makes a good goal? What makes a goal reachable, attainable? We kind of talked about smart goals. What, what helps with that? So I think that goals that are connected to, like, who we are and what mm. we value have a better chance of being successful, Right. So if I am doing some goal because like everyone else is doing it, I feel like this is what I should do. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of disconnected. That might be we might be less likely to stick with it. That's right. But it's something that matters to us. And and I think we have to have ways to remind ourselves of that. Right. right? Because I think we can have good intentions. And then I've come to think of it like this drift that can happen all the time. And so how do we expect that and then like keep bringing ourselves back? Right. Like over and over again. So kind of like this almost like accountability, Lucy, whether it's coming from yourself or like... I have such an aversive reaction to that word for some reason. Something about it feels like punitive or I'm going to get in trouble or I have to follow these rules. So whenever someone says that, I want to like... 
I'd like bristle and like want to run the other way for some rebel. reason. So, I, do, like, I do want to rebel against it. So yeah. what else? I'm wondering what else we could call it. Like, what would it be like a check in? I yeah. don't know. Like In's, what? Yeah. Mm hmm. Like an insight. I mean, that's why I was kind of thinking this reflection idea, but just kind of because I do hear what you're saying. Certainly, Lucy, that like accountability feels rigid and focused and like. And I think that's just judgmental. some people may love it, it but for me, like, I'm- yeah, judgy. Whereas I think kind of this idea of maybe even like self accountability idea or like self, I don't know, insight or checking yeah, in. Yeah, because when you're talking about kind of like the the drift i mean you know like it's then how do we drift back i mean i think that there there needs to be you know kind of like lucy you were saying earlier with the the rigidity piece i mean i think with good goals we need to have flexibility 100 percent around them that's right because life happens and stuff gets in the way and i think rather than being sort of this all or none thinker where it's like i've got to go all in and attain this goal and if like i get off track one day then that's it i abandon it and I, i think that's one of the problems with the new year's resolution that's right. Mm-hmm. So we definitely want goals to be specific, but we also want them to be flexible, mm-hmm. right? That if it's not working for you, giving yourself that space to like pivot or change or explore another opportunity instead of the one that you thought. And so this idea of accountability or checking in and kind of assessment, maybe that's more of it. It's a yeah. kind of assessing mm-hmm. of, is this goal still working for me? That is sounds it, nice and no, neutral. Yeah. <laughs> assessment. <laughs> Yeah. Is it working for me? Is it still something I'm, I care about? Is it still authentic? So I like that idea with that flexibility of being able to change it. And I think I, you have that piece around if we don't follow through with it, how do we be gentle and compassionate with ourselves and then come back to like, okay, if this still matters to me, like how mm-hmm. do I get back on track? Like how do I keep moving forward? And then how do I be honest if it's not? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I think some of the ways that might be helpful to do that, I, I find journaling is really helpful for that kind of self-assessment of like, okay, what's going on? How do I get my arms around this? What? How do I really feel about this? Is this working? And that idea of kind of focusing on the process versus like the endpoint. And so we've talked about perfectionism in past mm-hmm. episodes, and I think we have some good pointers there of how to kind of be kind and gentle with ourselves. But but kind of that idea of like assessing and being able to abandon these goals that they're not working for you. And I wonder if, too, having a shorter time frame is like yeah. the way to do it, right? Because once yeah. again, as I mentioned, that there's so many great <laughs> things to do and I get like pulled off to other things. And so like, what happens if I set the goal? Like, I'm going to do this for a week I love and then that. see how I feel. And then do I want to re-up or do right. I want to like switch? Okay, I was focused on like wonder this week and now I want to like focus on meditation, right? And then That's next right. week I'm going to focus on being more present, right? And then like, what of these threads do we want to try to to keep versus where do we shift our focus? Love that. And intention. I love that. I think that kind of touches on something I even use in therapy. We call it collaborative empiricism, which is a big word or big phrase, but it's basically like, let's work together and see what works, right? Like, let's work together and see, does it work to go exercise every day or does that feel like a slog? Okay. Or does it work to get on the bike? Well, no, I hate the bike. Let's go for a walk. I mean, like kind of having that openness of like, let's try it, see what works and be totally willing to change, pivot, drop, re-up. I love that. I love that. And I think this idea too, and we, we may be moving in this direction to talk about this, but often our, our resolutions are about more, like adding in more. And so mm-hmm. might we be more successful if our resolutions or intentions were about like less? Yeah. And you're actually tapping into exactly where I think we're going to go next is that this idea that, you know, resolutions aren't great at creating change. Goals are better. 
But what if we just kind of scrapped the whole idea of like needing change at all? Like, what if we just decided that we could let go of this belief that we have to change ourselves? Like, what if that's the change? What if that's the change is like no change in order to be enough or belong. And this idea of kind of like enoughness, being enough just as we are. And so I was doing some, again, research for this. And I got this, I came across this great quote. It's Brene Brown. And she said, she's talking about enoughness. And she says, it's about waking up in the morning and saying, no matter what gets done and how much is done and how it's done, I'm enough and I'm worthy of belonging and love and joy. And so this idea of like, no matter whether I ever go to the gym again or whether I go every day, none of that really matters with my enoughness and who I am. So what do you guys think about this concept of like enoughness? I think it's something that it's a universal most, well, not most, but I think it pretty much everybody struggles with it. I think one of my favorite meditations that I've done has a mantra in it to get you to to slow down. And it has a piece of enoughness in there. And there's just three lines. It says nothing to do, nowhere to be, and no one to be. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like this. What meditation is this? It's from Peloton. Okay. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. From Kristen McGee. I love her meditations. A lot of them have mantras. Uh And so that is a really nice reminder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So meditation is one thing that can kind of bring you back to this enoughness idea. Certain mantras. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Certain mantras. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The enoughness is a tough one for me. I think that this is probably right now the biggest thing I struggle with and have become aware of that this is like all over the place, right? That this sense of like not being enough gets triggered. And so learning and practicing how do I show up for that, right? So instead of letting it be below the surface, something I don't even acknowledge and I'm just responding to by trying to do more and be more productive or be perfect or whatever it may be, how do I start to recognize it and name it? Um, for me, compassion has been really helpful, right? So something like, okay, I'm enough just as I am, right? Can be very, I don't know if like soothing is the right word, but can help quiet that enoughness. Because I think when we try to like compensate for it or make mm. it go away, like it doesn't really work because I think it's just going to be there. Like, like you were saying, Jamie, part of being human. So what kinds of things trigger the not enoughness for you guys? I mean, I, I think anytime I, a comparison is made, mm-hmm. like anytime I make a comparison it, that is just inherent in in that it's where do I measure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I at the level above it, below it? And mm-hmm. if I'm feeling lacking in some way, then then that is that sense of I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because I become, a, become aware of this voice that it's, I think I do it like all day long. Like yeah. that wasn't quite enough or you should have done this or that wasn't quite right. Um, which is in our last podcast, you know, we talked about wonder and this idea of filling our pockets with wonder, right? So at the end of the day, we can kind of take it out. And I think that struck me probably so much because I think what I tend to do is at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I didn't do this. I should have done that. That wasn't quite right. Like it's this beating up and like self-aggression that really fundamentally all comes back to like you are not enough. Like you were not enough. You're not enough. So I think comparison is definitely one of the biggest hits for enoughness. And, you know, we, we, a lot of us, myself included, take a huge dose of comparison throughout the day on social media, externally with social media, or or, even internally of just kind of that comparison with others. So I think, I mean, thinking about resolutions or goals, I mean, that might be actually one thing to do less of, right, is to notice those things that trigger the not enoughness. And how could we do less? 
do less of that. Other things I find that really triggers that not enoughness are like those expectations. And I've talked about this before on this podcast. That's, I think that's really like my work that I'm trying to to do right now is of myself, of others, you know, this idea of should, we should be doing this, you should be doing that, I should be doing this, and we're not. And so we're falling short and even, you know, and, and that just kind of ongoing, not enough, we're not being enough. Other things I think that can make us feel not enough is when we don't really set our own boundaries or like stand up for ourselves. So when we, I think that's another thing that happens a lot during the holidays. And I think another reason we kind of have this rebound effect a bit in the new year, in the new year is that there are a lot of like pressures on our time, on our schedule. Like we're not able to do the things that we normally do to make ourselves feel good, like sleep or exercise or do the things that normally help us to kind of stay stable. And so I think that might be another way to kind of reflect is how can we get back to those boundaries of, hey, you know, I know that when I start my day with meditation, I am able to stay in that enoughness a bit better. What about you guys? Any other things that trigger the not enoughness, get you back? to that enoughness, feeling enough when you feel like you've fallen out of it. I think like we mentioned before when we were talking about kind of the, in the the last podcast, talking about the downfall that comes with productivity. Mm. <laughs> productivity and, and not enoughness seem to go hand in hand mm. um, for Do me. Do you think that's what drives productivity? <laughs> Mm. For you or more generally, is that not mm. enoughness? I think it can be. I think that definitely can be a, a factor um, or an, an influence. And it might be that it's the, if I don't get everything accomplished, like the productivity, mm. like if I'm pretty rigid with it, then that can trigger that. That mm-hmm. I won't be enough. Yeah, if that I, I won't don't be do enough. X, then, then kind I of like Lucy, what you're saying, the chatter and the self-talk mm. then can can come into play. Mm-hmm. I'm enough as long as yeah. I get yeah, X, Y, and Z done. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's real important to like follow that to-do list then. Because yeah. if you don't, <laughs> right. then you're right. out of the enoughness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then kind of bringing you back in, we've talked about the joy and wonder can kind of bring us back in. I think another thing that you mentioned, Jamie, was this meditation, this kind of self-compassion. I think gratitude can be another thing that can kind of bring in. And I was reading kind of more about self-compassion, which we have another episode on. I encourage encourage people to reflect on that because I think it can really help us get back to that enoughness. But basically, self-compassion is giving the same kindness to ourselves that we would give to others. That's Christopher Germer um, is a quote from Christopher Germer, who's a big self-compassion person. But I think that's a really nice way to kind of bring us back in um, to feeling enough. Jamie, you mentioned a mantra that really helps you to kind of come back and tap into that enoughness. Can you say that one more time? And I think I said it wrong, actually. Well, I mean, not that I there's a wrong. I liked what you said. I think it's, it is nothing to do, nowhere to be, and no one to be. You said that. I did? I did? Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds Something similar. Anyways, uh-huh. I know it, it ends with the no one, no one to be, which is no, my favorite line no from, the whole, from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Lucy? Do you have any mantras phrases that kind of bring you back probably just that basic like you are enough like just Mm -hmm. as you are right here Mm -hmm. yeah i had a really favorite song there for a while that it was and one of the phrases and it was i'm exactly who i'm supposed to be and i love that i think that's kind of helpful or just i'm or even just i'm enough just as i am and i love lucy you kind of put your hand on your chest it's like i'm enough sometimes it's just that that physical kind of um, connection you know the other thing that really helps me with that too is 
or those loving kindness practices, mm. right? So saying phrases like, you know, may I be free from suffering or may I be at peace or may I, for me, I often say like, may I be filled with peace and ease, yeah. right? May I be present in each moment, both for myself and then for like others in my life, that mm. that sort of practice is something that seems to cut through that not enoughness or that urgency to kind of do something or be someone settling for me. So some other resources on enoughness. One book that I love is I thought it was just me, but it isn't making the journey from what will people think to I am enough, which is by Brene Brown. We may do a future book club on that. Um, Trance of Scarcity, which we did do a book club on, which I think really kind of taps into this idea of enoughness. And then another book that I just love is called You Are a Badass and it's by Jen Cicero. And I may throw that in the ring for a book club in the future. But I think there are a lot of resources and we'll put those on our on our show notes as well. Um, and then the self-compassion resources as well can be really helpful. So as we're kind of wrapping up, um, what are the do try this at home? What do you guys have as some things you'd like to? So I think for me, maybe encouraging people to um, resist the urge to jump head first into this frenzy of making resolutions. Mm. And what would it be like to instead reflect and be curious about what's that about for you? Right. And if we're going to jump into something that may fail or that's failed in the past, like, why do we keep doing that? And what are you really trying to achieve? And are there other ways to get what you need? Right. I have a mentor who says, um, you know, self-compassion delivers everything that self-improvement promises. Right. And so almost back to this idea about maybe instead of doing more and adding something in, maybe actually the secret would be to do less and like shift the way we're thinking about it. Love that. that was maybe like 10 things. I'm I sorry. Like, check, 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 check. Anything else to add? Maybe? I would say like find some sort of mantra because I, I do. I love mantras and they're a big part of my meditations. And I would say find one, create one that connects you like with your whatever it is that your focus is on you know for the week or for the day or for the hour it it, it doesn't have to be for the year yeah i I would say like just bite-sized pieces i think um sprinkled throughout is is much more effective than some sort of vague impersonal um or you know societal driven expectation Mm -hmm. yeah so i think my do try this at home is that if you're going to set goals, you decide that you're going to set goals to try to pro- focus on progress over perfection, but also to just invite yourself to do less, right? To remember that you're more than enough, just exactly as you are, and to just invite that like peace and ease and freedom just as you are. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Yep. So next week, we're going to jump in and talk about comfort. So please join us. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.